going through a breakup? Struggling with being all up in your feels? Finding it hard to get through the day? Heartbreak sucks, and we've all been there. If you're in need of some life hacks on how to regulate your emotions, practically manage your life, and how to rediscover yourself post-breakup, you've come to the right place. This is your roadmap to navigating out of this time in your life with intelligence, humour, sass, and a little bit of tough love when you need it. Welcome to How to Hack Your Heartbreak with your host, Louise Wilkinson. Here's your pep talk for today. This quote really hit me between the eyes and I'm sure that it will hit you too. Now, I know that you've probably landed on this podcast because you've been researching things like narcissism or BPD to try and make sense of your breakup. Well, here's the quote. The moment you start Googling someone's behavior in an effort to understand it is probably the biggest red flag you'll ever need. After a breakup, it's so very common for our brains to try and make sense of what just happened. We try and intellectualize our way through our pain. And so we find ourselves delving into psychology and relational advice on the internet to try and find a binary answer. We note that there are some markers in our ex-partner for narcissism, maybe some bipolar tendencies, and we fall down into the rabbit hole of attachment styles. We become an armchair psychologist trying to come up with a diagnosis. The conclusion that we reach after some thorough TikTok research is that they are a vulnerable narcissist with avoidant attachment style stemming from childhood trauma. We go back over our interactions and find the scenarios that back up our theory. See your screen? Pointing to a blackboard that looks like a scene out of a beautiful mind while holding anyone that is in close proximity hostage while you present your case. This was flat out narcissism. If we observe the timeline, you'll see that his avoidant tendencies started when he lost his beloved pet Fluffy at the age of seven and was not validated in his feelings. He then lost trust in people and rejects true love and affection based on these events. Okay, so maybe you didn't conduct a lounge room PowerPoint presentation with your friends, but you get my point. Now, armed with this knowledge and validation from your besties that yes, he is all of these things. I know what you want to do next. Your fingers are itching. Your words are tumbling around in your brain. Your phone is in your hands. And you think that one carefully worded, and if you're anything like me, exceptionally long and detailed paragraph on all the things that you've discovered about their behavior and how to fix it will somehow Give them a light bulb moment. The storm clouds will clear. The light bulb will go off. They skip happily down the path to therapy and eventually heal and return the person that you always knew they had the potential to be. I love a good fairy tale, don't you? Now, I don't mean to sound bitter and twisted here. Yes, it's true that some people do reach a point where they self-reflect and recognise that their patterns and behaviours are toxic and they want to change them. Sometimes there's an epiphany and people continue to commit to their growth. Unfortunately, though, 
It's rare. And it almost never happens because someone else pointed it out. Going back to the fairy tale analogy, you have about as much chance of Prince Charming rocking up in your driveway in a pumpkin coach pulled by rainbow farting unicorns than you do of them committing to change. Growth, you see, is painful. It's messy and it's confronting. There's nothing quite like pulling out those traumas, events and patterns and dealing with them. It's a lot of work. Your significant other may even agree that they need to do the work, but it's possible that after a cost analysis, your ex has decided that the price is too high. It's much more comfortable to sit in their own shit. Yes, it reeks. It's covered in flies and it repels people. But there is some sort of familiarity and therefore comfort in staying there. So the first piece of advice here is going to be very simple to understand and very difficult for your generous little heart to accept. Sometimes you need to leave people where they are. Yes, I know that they hurt you really badly with their actions and this was possibly completely unconscious and not calculated in any way in their defence. Yes, they will, as you predict, hurt future romantic partners family, friends, and even their own children if they don't change their behaviours. You're 100% correct in this. And there is also 100% nothing that you can do. Now, if you've got this far into the podcast, it's probably resonating. And I'm about to bitch slap you hard and ask you to have a good look at yourself now. Are you aware that some five minutes in, the focus has been completely on your ex and you're still here looking for clues and justifications? Here's my point. Material on narcissism, toxic behaviours, avoidant attachment styles and commitment phobia is in mega supply on the internet and in books right now. I should know. My bookshelf looks like the self-help and relationships aisle at Barnes & Noble. I'm certainly not blameless here. You can immerse yourself in literature about personality disorders for the rest of your days if you want to. Each time you discover a brand new nugget of information, you get that little hit of validation that the pain they caused was their flaw and you are still a valuable person. You can totally do that. And you can stay stuck for weeks, months or years. Or you can take this on board to consider. You're still making it about them. None of this is helping you heal. No armchair diagnosis will diminish what happened to you. It won't lessen your trauma. It won't move you forward. At best, it will, as I said, give you a little hit of validation that will diminish over time as you consume more and more content. And at worst, it will keep you focused on a person who rejected and hurt you, set up a harmful cycle of rumination dissecting every aspect of your relationship that will lead to depression and anxiety, keep you in a trauma loop, constantly replaying past interactions, or if you still have contact with your ex, pulling apart fresh interactions for signs of the disorder that you know they have. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're a qualified psychiatrist and you're definitely right. And maybe it doesn't matter a jot. You see, they may have diagnosable toxic behaviours. The only absolute here is that clinical diagnosis or no, it was toxic to you. 
You didn't feel supported, loved or safe in this relationship. You were gutted by the ending. And in the interest of getting your broken heart put back together, that's all you can focus on and control if you want to heal from this point. Pour that love into yourself. Get curious about how you relate and learn about your attachment styles and what you desire in a relationship. You owe it to yourself and your future dreamboat to take the attention off your ex who didn't show up properly and show up for yourself. Much love and squishy hugs. This has been your Friday pep talk on how to hack your heartbreak. Thanks for listening to How to Hack Your Heartbreak. If you're keen to dive into your breakup and healing a little more, you can purchase a self-paced course for wherever you find yourself on your heartbreak journey via the website howtohackyourheartbreak.com. 